Hi everyone and welcome to Skills for Mars Transitions. Today I'm hosting Christian Gunson, who in over 20 years of career worked in IT, then switched to events marketing, did an MBA and took several sabbaticals to travel the world, meet new cultures and work with new people. Curiosity and change run in his blood. Join us so you can get inspired and start doing what you always wanted to do, no regrets. If you like this series and want to get insights into how others have changed their lives and career, consider subscribing. Skills for Mars Transitions is present on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and all the other major social media channels. Every week, someone new will share their incredible transition. And now I give you Christian. Hi, Christian, and welcome to Skills for Mars Transitions. I'm very happy to be hosting you. Same for me. Hey, Julia, how are you? Very well. It's not a sunny day here, but it's a really cool day. I was waiting for a bit of rain in Amsterdam. Well, it has been raining at least um, in Munich for the last, I would say, 24 hours. Now we're getting better a bit. Um, hoping for sunshine for the weekend, though. Yeah, 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 it's the same here. But then the parks will be full again. <laughs> we hope not. Let's uh, let's at least keep the keep the still ongoing one and a half to two meter distance, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, would you be okay to start and introduce yourself and a bit about your your journey, life and career journey? Sure thing. Why not? Um, well, hello, everyone. I'm super glad to be here. My name is Christian, Christian Ganson. Um, I'm from Germany, living in Munich right now, or a li little bit outside of Munich. Um, and I'm the field marketing manager for the uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland region for Vertif. Um, I grew up in a super small village, I would say, somewhere in a western forest close to uh, Koblenz in the River Rhine Valley, um, where... Um, I had a, I would say, a quite a glad childhood um, together with my family um, and really started my professional career in IT systems. So um, with an apprenticeship as an IT specialist in uh, systems integration. Before then, right afterwards, while we're talking about transitions, actually starting um, a bachelor's studies in media sciences and event management, which actually um, was shaping sort of um, a large portion of my career. Um, because right after that, I worked as a project manager for events um, and decided to do a full-time MBA studies, which was more in, in general management. But it kept me at least for another nine years in, um, in events management, um, stepping from regional roles and agencies um, through different, I would say, freelance projects into a large corporation where I spent almost nine years um, as um, event specialist and then global marketing events manager responsible for, for really large projects. Whereas in between, um, right after my MBA studies and then also in between my professional career, um, stepped out for two times and one was um, going to Australia basically um, on a one-way ticket and staying there for 18 months doing um, different jobs before traveling the country. And then seven years later, did the same again and um, stepped into a sabbatical leave for a year, starting in Canada and ending it with a round-the-world trip. So, um, yeah, right after that, I'm coming back and um, changed also positions to, uh, to Vertif. I'm now into a broader field of marketing, I would say. 
Isn't it funny that uh, we got to meet each other with both words for Vertiv and the moment I uh, walked out of Vertiv, you, you joined the company <laughs> and then we, was, we meet through the podcast, which is really funny. <laughs> that was a pretty cool thing when I saw your, your podcast um, and then um, got to know your, your CV on LinkedIn and realized that you also have been with Vertiv. That's, yeah, that's the way it works. Right? Yes. Small work. Uh, Christian, you made several career changes and even life changes that are kind kind of surprising. I haven't met a lot of people, I would even say zero, who moved from IT into events uh, management. Well, yeah, it was um, it was sort of I would say two hearts bumping my chest um, because when I started with events management, it was really a typical way, a stereotypical way, I would say, um, organizing school parties. That's, that's how it all started, basically. And then people told me, well, you're a natural talent in organizing stuff. But when I left school with uh, my final exam, um, basically there was no education in terms of event management. And my second great field of interest, I would say, was computer and internet. So I got the opportunity while looking around. I was working for a software company before just as a, as a school job, um, doing some administrative stuff. I got the opportunity to step into this apprenticeship. And that's why I said, well, hey, let's do some, something practical um, to start off your career. You can always go back to studies, but at least, you know, you have an exam, you have your, your trade proficiency certificate, as what it's called in Germany, um, and finalizing that. Now, by incidence, in that time, in that three years, um, I was also responsible for the um, technical and software systems on site when we went to trade shows. So I was closely working with the marketing department and got to know the organization of the trade shows, the processes, etc., which gave me an insight into both the views, I would say, marketing and the technical side. So that was the birth, I would say, of the idea to go studying after the apprenticeship and really stepping into, into the marketing and event side. You also took two years, two years and a half off. At what age was that? Um, the first time I went to Australia, I was actually 28. Um, and then the second time I was uh, 37. Is there a difference in feeling? 28 to <laughs> 37 and taking a year off and uh, just one-way ticket and not knowing when to return? There, there is. Um, and not only in, in age and experience, um, but also in the, um, the circumstances and the environment. Because when I first left, I was just finishing my MBA studies and um, I had nothing to actually give up. No, no apartment, no job. You know, I came freshly from my studies and um, I realized that so many people had done what I wanted to do in earlier times. While their first bachelor's degree, um, even after school, they went off for a year. I never did that. I went from school straight into my apprenticeship, um, straight into bachelor's, straight into work, straight into MBA. And I said, well, really, I want to see that. I want to see what's, what's out there. So the moment you leave then, you are, yes, younger on the, on the first time, but... Um, in the second, there was nothing to give up. And then when you come back, it's interesting that you see, well, I, you know, I've been doing that. That's easy. I would ever do that again. And you hear people that are settled saying, oh, well, this is all. I need my security. I need my home and my castle. And you think, oh, this is, this is all crap. You can never do that again. But then nine years later and having a position, having made a career 
um, really settled down and you're deciding to do that again, that's what it actually makes it totally different. Because in that process, when you, when you start finalizing your travel plans and you, uh, you cancel your contracts, you cancel your apartment, um, you say goodbye to your family, then you realize, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Did yeah, you ca- when you were when you were thirty seven, did you cancel the apartment, the rent? Um, I had to. Okay. We, that, well, actually, it it was a way longer and more stony path to that um, to that sabbatical that we originally thought, and um, canceling the apartment was one of it because obviously my um, wife and I we left together um, for that for that sabbatical and we wanted to keep the apartment obviously and sublet it over the year which eight weeks before we left Germany, um, it was cancelled on the other side by the landlord. So we, we were basically thrown out of the apartment shortly before leaving for a year off. Um, and that causes another issue because you have no clue where to go with your furniture, um, cancelling an apartment, having to renovate it, etc. You have way better things to do at that time. Oh, for sure. Um, did you work while you were traveling in uh, Australia and then Canada and the rest of the world? Or it was just a year off to meet new cultures? And In, in, in both um, um, of, these, um, of these sabbaticals, or if you want to say so, uh, foreign experience I worked, um, especially in Australia, I, um, I needed to because I left with a little bit of the starting um, funds that was about 3,000 euros. But if you live in Sydney, that gets you along about two months. <laughs> Because it's a, it's a bloody expensive city. So yes, um, I worked, took on, on several positions that were, some of them completely new to me. Um, when I came to Australia, the first job I had was um, working for a wine club calling Wine Selectors. Um, what they did was offering wine club memberships to uh, people that are from Australia and basically are into wine at all. And just because they assumed that because I'm from Germany, I know about wine, they gave me the position. So I was standing at a kiosk yelling at people, hey, sir, you want to try some wine again? <laughs> Trying to get them into a wine club membership. That was totally new for me. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, what? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The, the same thing happened, um, happened in, uh, in Canada where um, we started our sabbatical for the, for the second time. I didn't have to work necessarily because we saved up a lot of money to uh, get along over the year. But um, we said, if there is a, a little job that we can find to support our stay for that half a year in Vancouver, that would be fine. And we started as a um, um, sales representative on the floor of an outdoor store, which was super nice. What drives these changes? What makes you just want to, hey, I quit uh, this year. I'm just having a sabbatical. I'm going to work in Canada and travel the world and meet new people. And uh, <laughs> when I come back, I see what happens. I would, I would say the hunger for, for seeing the world. Um, and it started indeed with Australia, which was a completely new thing for me um, until that time. I've been on holidays, yes, but I never went really away. Um, so that was sort of, yes, I want to see it. I want to do that. But um, that was also the moment where I said, okay, that was not the last time I really stepped out of my life and seeing something completely different. Um, so it really is... Um, yeah, I would say my desire for, um, for new things, for getting to know other people, other countries, other cultures, um, and also, yeah, keep, um, keeping up with learning, um, getting to know myself, getting to know new tasks, other things, how people do stuff. 
um, that all comes together. But at the end of the day, um, it is basically seeing the world. There is nothing like finding myself or getting into a spiritual mood that some people might have as well, um, which is which is totally fine. But for me, it's really yeah, breaking out of the normal, um, breaking out of your daily routine, and, and doing something new that keeps your brain fresh. So, how do you look, and how did you look at risk when you when you made these decisions? Because you're pretty much, you, first time you took a one-way ticket, second time you left your apartment, you left everything behind, sold your furniture, went on a road trip. So the, the, the biggest, I would say, elimination or mitigation of risk was the fact that I have a super solid family um, and a friend circle that was always backing me up. So when, when leaving to, to another country or even transitioning to another job, to another profession, knowing that there are people that would support you, especially when, when things can go wrong and, and that happens super quick. Um, just as an example, right after the half year Canada, we started on a six month around the world trip. Three weeks into that trip, I was diagnosed with a bacterial pneumonia uh, somewhere in the middle of Peru, had to go into hospital. I had lots of water in my lungs. Um, doctors standing in front of that x-ray saying, oh my God, that is not looking good. And um, yeah, we were both seeing ourselves already on the way home. So that would have been in the middle. But the first call I did to my parents and said what happened, they said, if there is anything we can do, we do it. And I think that is the, the biggest thing um, that helps you overcome risks. Um, on the other side, obviously, you should probably not go if you don't have a little bit of a backup plan. So at least have enough money, I would say, uh, or funds to have a flight back home. Um, but then again, it's, it's a lot of mindset. Um, if you're transitioning to another job, obviously, it's hard to get a backup plan. You know, you, you probably wouldn't go back to your old job if something goes wrong. Um, and um, if you basically don't uh, make it through your probationary period, you might have an issue. But then it, it is, again, your mindset. And my personal mindset is that if you want to do things and you want to work and you want to find some, some backup plans, there's always an opportunity. And that helps me a lot to mitigate those risks. Do you plan these things in advance or how do you usually do it? Or you're just, okay, let's, let's just jump and, and do this. I really like it. Or do you like planning moving jobs or just traveling the world and leaving everything behind? Um, I love planning on the one side. That's, that's my nature. And that's, um, like we said in the beginning, um, events management is basically all on planning. Um, but the decision to, to change something itself, um, that is made rather quickly. Um, so when I realize that something needs to be changed, I take the decision that I will change it. Um, the way to get there is a lot of planning, um, for sure, because you, you can't rush it and you can't force it. Um, and you have to, to shape and form, I would say, ideas um, to, to make them happen. You have to think about risks. You have to think about opportunities. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of planning involved. And um, for a, a world trip and a year off, that was uh, the same amount of planning, was well, a year of planning for changing jobs. Sometimes that was a quick opportunity that was a phone call and someone said, hey, we got a job and I would like you to be here. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. 
which was which was hardest? Uh, changing jobs or just leaving everything behind and going somewhere different? I would say changing jobs, actually, because um, when I was young and the first time I left for Australia, I was not experienced enough to, to really realize what I was doing. And um, for the second time, I knew what I was doing. So um, I knew what to expect, at least going to another country. Um, changing jobs, going into a complete new environment, meeting new people, um, meeting a new company, new tasks, etc. Uh, that is challenging. And that is, um, I would say, that it was tougher. For sure. Was it tougher just because the environment change and the people and the company boss and everything or change of industry and um, the field, right? The function as well. It's both, I would say, um, because I, I did both. I changed a company for, um, for the same task and the same, I would say, um, job description, the same idea with different people. Um, that is one side, and then I changed inside a company already to um, to a complete new task that I've never done before. Um, it's it's both challenging. You got to see it from different ways because if you if you know the company, then you know your colleagues, you know what to expect and which support you can get. If you step into a new company with new colleagues, um, you you don't know the people, you don't know how you are perceived. You have to make a good impression from scratch, to be honest. <laughs> and um, that, that, yeah, I would say both have their, their challenges. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned at some point that you learned very much about yourself. You're doing these changes. What would be some key things that you've learned while traveling, while changing jobs? I would say, first of all, is that... Um, you should always be true to yourself. So the moment you realize that, that things are not going the way you want them to be or you need to have a change or transition into something else, you need to admit that to yourself and also maybe to your, your nearest friends, etc. So honesty and, and trust is the very basis that you, you need to learn. And interesting enough, just, just recently I am... Um, we sat together with some, some very good friends here at home discussing about all that, like changes, like traveling, etc. And I said, it took me then 39 years, um, I would say, to find out my sort of three um, free principles in life, I would say. And, and that one thing I've learned is, for example, never assume anything. Never think that, that stuff is given. The second might be that I've learned um, never go apart in anger, really never go to bed having an argument at night. Um, and the third one is basically, um, and I'm missing the, the English word for it, but you could translate it into be humble towards other people because you never know about little fights and issues and challenges that someone else has. So don't judge. All three of them are super hard. But um, all three of them are based on trust, I would say. You said that you discovered your free spirit, right? Your, your, how, what is that about? Your free, free principles. Right? Your free principles. Or was my, my it three principles? Three, three principles, yeah. Okay, I understood <laughs> three principles. And I said, okay, interesting. 
<laughs> how do you uh, do you take time to sit and reflect on what has happened to you and the experiences you've been through and how you dealt with them, uh, what were the mistakes, what were the good things, or how do you sit and come up with any kind of principles and learnings? Um, always, always reflecting. Um, reflecting to yourself what you, what you have done in your life, um, how you did it, and um, what the outcome was. Maybe mainly to say, I don't regret anything. I didn't do anything, everything right. For sure, you can't do that. That's, that's why people live for the first time, like they say. <laughs> um, but yeah, reflecting, sitting down, going back, but also not too far back. And don't um, hold on to anything that has passed because you can't change it. But if you come up with similar stuff in the future, similar decisions to be taken, um, yeah, take, take the advice and take the uh, learnings you have had from the past because... Um, well, it's true what they say when they say good, good judgment comes from experience, right? And, and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> so if, if you keep that in mind um, and you sit down and you reflect, that, that helps looking into the future for sure. Do you do this yourself or do you discuss with your wife or a friend? And with, with how every, do you gain more, more insights into what? With, with basically everyone. My, my wife says I'm way too open and too communicative because um, I, I carry my heart on my hand, seriously. Um, I talk to people a lot and I seek advice also in, in, in personal situations. Um, it's very random or rather not happening that I really go back to my inner self and then sit in a corner and just think about it for, for hours. I need to go out and talk to people, um, tell them what I think, tell them what my, my worries are, etc. And then again, my, my friends and family come into place uh, where always, uh, yeah, can, can find good advice. This is really, this is really uh, nice because you're mentioning this. A lot of people go and chat with themselves, right? And have this reflection with themselves. Um, and you go outside, right? And you get, uh, you get feedback. Yeah. How much does that feedback that you get from external audience, right? That they're, that they're their friends, family, um, someone at work, how much does it help you to know yourself and to be better, learn, do something new, do you discover a, new things about yourself? Quite a, quite a lot. Um, but it obviously only works when you have people that tell you the truth um, and, and that you can, you can take up the truth because not many people can do that as well. Um, and it's, it's sometimes hard, but it helps a lot um, trying to, to figure out how you behave um, and, and how you, you should possibly sometimes behave. Um, like I said, being, being humble and, and thinking about what people would take in from your own behavior, um, no matter if it's, uh, if it's personal or professional life, um, is, is very important. So um, the feedback that I get and also the, um, I would say, the talks that I seek for, um, that, that help a lot in, um, in taking, making decisions a little bit, yes, because um, ultimately you need to take the decision on your own. But um, in getting yourself, uh, getting to know yourself, that helps. Yeah. Did you have any hard-to-swallow truth that you found out from your friends, but that in the end helped you? Um, yes, and not only one time. 
Um, yeah, definitely. If you, like I said, if you find the people that, that tell you the truth and that tell you if you have done something completely wrong, uh, hurt someone, that is, that is the, the most worrying thing that you find out that you, you hurt someone that you didn't want. Um, that is, that is hard to swallow, but, um, sometimes I reacted with reluctance to that being very honest on that. So I didn't take it all on, but, um, I think that is a learning process. The older you get, the more you, um, you find sort of happiness with yourself. Um, you can also, um, take on the feedback that you get, even if it's like negative and even if it's hard. You mentioned uh, earlier that you learn by doing bad things as well, mistakes. Throughout your changes, uh, have there been mistakes that, again, made you learn from them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Is there something you remember that you can share? I, I remember the one thing that I will remember my whole life. And that was basically leaving Australia because we were there on a... Um, on a working holiday visa, which is valid for one year. You can extend that visa by another year if you do um, farm work or any kind of work which is at that time postcode related, not in a city. Or alternatively, you pay a farmer to give you that signature. And it came up as it needed to happen. We stayed, we overstayed our visa in that case, um, got a second year visa on an Ill illegal way. And then we went back home just for a holiday for four weeks, um, having a secure job, having a car in Australia, having our, our apartment with furniture. And while re-entering the country, we were caught up because the farmer in the meantime got caught up, giving us the false signature. And after four hours of interrogation and one night in a detention camp, we were deported without anything from Australia. Wow, that is that is a... What's the lesson that you learned it, there? It's a, it's, a lifetime farmers? it's a lifetime story. You can tell it to children. You can tell it to everyone. But you straight go home without your friends, without your car, without your furniture, without your personal belongings. Nothing. You will be sent home. That's that how it is. Well, would you do anything about it? No, or no. did you have friends there who could just enter the apartment and... They, they did, obviously. Um, our friends sold the car. At the end of the day, they sent the whole pallet with, um, with sea freight up to Germany. But um, yeah, uh, well, the one lesson, you never mess around with immigration. Doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and the second one, think about the consequences before you do something legal. And even the small illegal things you do on a day-by-day -day basis, like speeding, etc. think about the consequences. That was, uh, that was the one thing I will always remember, um, being deported from a country, coming home again to my parents, to my mom saying, hey, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. <laughs> so you did one uh, escape at 28, one at 37. When is the next one? Good question. Maybe another, another five, six years. Um, let's see. Um, at the moment, we just uh, moved back last year uh, to Munich. Um, I got married last year. Um, we bought an apartment, um, had that renovated. So at the moment, it, it looks like settling down a little bit, but I'm pretty sure um, that sabbatical wasn't the yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel that as well. I mean, the kind of energy that it gives you when you speak about the sabbaticals that you took. <laughs> And the sparkle in your eyes, it feels like it's not the last one. <laughs> it's addictive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, Christian, if you were to share a few top lessons with the people who are listening this and maybe want to go through change, whether they want to take a sabbatical or they want to change jobs, something that you would say, hey, this is what you should take away from my experience. In general, I would say, and that, that might sound repetitive to what many people say, but in general, I would say, if you want to do things, do it. That is the one key takeaway. Because if you, if you look back at the end of your life, um, and, and you, you need to have, I would say, a positive outcome. You know? if, if 51% of your life are positive, including changes you took and the decisions you made, and also the fulfillment of your, I would say, dreams, um, because it's a, it's a well-known word for that, the fulfillment of your things that you want to achieve, I should say, then it should be good. But don't look back at your life and saying, oh, I so wanted to do that and I haven't done it. Obviously, I'm not talking about a lottery win. That, that is something <laughs> not really in our hands. But if, um, if you want to write a book, start typing, seek some advice. If you want to go traveling, yes, there might be money involved because at the counter of an airline, um, they wouldn't give you the flight for free. Try to save up money, but go traveling. Even if you start walking, hiking somewhere into another country, start hiking. So that, that is the, the one learning um, that I realized for myself. If you realize that you want to do things, work on them. Go for it. Is there something, Christian, that I didn't ask you and you would, you would have liked to share with the audience? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I hope that um, basically I could, could give some insights. And I mean, um, you have some insights on, on myself as well. And uh, we are on LinkedIn. If there's any questions that people might have or um, anyone saying, oh, I'm, I'm not really keen to, to leave everything and, and go traveling. We, we talk a lot about traveling, but there's so many other decisions and changes that, um, that you might want to want to take new jobs, etc. Um, I'm here. I'm still, uh, keen to answer any questions. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christian. And thanks for today Thank and you. for your time. Thank Amazing you. Amazing discussion. <laughs>